This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There are no spoilers in this episode, but there are mentions of Kingdom of Ash, The Devil Wears Prada, Cruel Intentions, and Glitter. For full list, please see show notes. There are also discussions surrounding alcohol and EDs. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms on Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 2010 musical classic Burlesque. This is starring Cher and Christina Aguilera. And before we go into it, I think it's important to note Something that's not discussed enough is how shitty of a person Jack is. And I say person as all-encompassing because he's kind of a shitty co-worker when he's just like staring and pining behind a busy-ass bar. Just like, yeah, exactly, that face right there. Instead of fucking working, I would have been so pissed if I was running tables. Then he's a shitty fiancé. He's a shitty situationship. He's a shitty roommate. Like, there's a lot of things going on for him him as shitty boyfriend like at one point like i don't know right off the bat everybody wants to drag adrian garnier's character on the devil wears prada no i'm sorry the friends were worse than the boyfriend i think typically that's kind of like unexpected you always kind of expect the friends to be better but no nobody talks about how shitty jack is in this movie or maybe they do and please join the conversation if you are well, you bring up A Devil Wars Prada. I have a fun fact before we start getting into the movie, and I think it's a perfect little segue. Did you know that Stanley Tucci, the god Stanley Tucci, the man, the legend, the myth, the everything Stanley Tucci, uh, his montage that he does in burlesque with Christina Aguilera to the Madonna song, Ray of Light, is the second time that he has done a montage song to a, or a montage to a Madonna song. He did it in A Devil's Wear Prada to Vogue. I knew, you know what? I knew it obviously in, like, The Devil Wears Prada is one of my favorite movies of all time, if not like top three. Um, but I was like, why, why am I, I didn't make the connection until the second so I've watched this movie a bunch of times, watched it twice back to back for the podcast today. Um, it wasn't until that second rewatch where I was like, that's why the the Madonna is clicking for me. All these years, I didn't put the two together until yesterday or this morning. Stanley Tucci, the myth, the legend, the God. I love him. <sighs> Supremacy. He is a comfort person that that saying that's like uh can you fill a room with 10 men that you feel safe with being alone it's like can i probably but stanley tucci would be one of them can i have 10 stanley tucci's please yes i feel safe (laughs) feel safe with that man what what a glorious man uh he is part of an absolutely stacked cast can you tell me just who these people are oh my gosh i mean 
I'll, I'll go into it. Uh, we have Allie, who's Christina Aguilera. You have Tess Cher. She's the owner of the club. Uh, you have Stanley Tucci, who plays Tess's, I want to say business partner, but more of like his, her day to day manager does all the behind the scenes. It's just like, and like Tess's best friend, everything all encompassing with the club. You have Vince, who is Tess's share, um, her ex-husband and financial investor and partner in the club. You have Jack, who's That is Cam- Sandy Cohen. That's oh, Sandy yeah. Cohen. Peter, yeah, Sandy Cohen. <laughs> we love Sandy this man. Cohen. Editor Sam went, gosh, Sandy Cohen sure does a great job of looking frazzled in this movie. So, like, you know he's stressed. And it's 2010, so, like, that recession is hitting him so hard. He's He even says, he's like, please, people are, like, floundering. I don't want to be the ones who are floundering. He is begging and i do love his relationship like you can tell it was a very amicable divorce between the two because they still have a love for each other they might not be in love for with each other because she says she's like you have a bunch of great qualities you have some shitty qualities too you know obviously that adds to like the the fact that they're separated but there's still a, a respect and a love there which is why i do appreciate their relationship um and peter gallagher he's there's there's no ro- role he can't do at the same time. It's almost like he also does the same role. So it's so fun. Um, you have Jack, who is played by Cam Gigadet. Gigadet. I don't know if it's French, but he is, um, had no idea, didn't put the connection that he played one of like the bad vampires, quote unquote, in Twilight. And he was also in the OC. Um, and is the reason that Marissa's da- died. So spoiler, if you haven't watched that show a million years ago. <laughs> I feel like you have a reaction to that. Ooh, what you said. <laughs> oh, that will. <laughs> um, you have Marcus played by Eric Dane of Grey's Anatomy, Euphoria, and Sex Tape fame. He plays a real estate investor. He's hooking up with Nikki, who's one of the dancers, but now he's all about Allie because she's like the new girl in town. You have Nikki played by Miss Kristen Annie Bell herself. She starts off as the lead performer of the club, but she does have alcohol dependency. I don't know if she's like categorized as a full alcoholic yet, but there is some reliance there. And you have Georgia, who's also a main cast member, who's played by Julianne Huff. So if anybody watches Dancing with the Stars or familiar with just like professional ballroom dancing, she's there. And then you have a whole ensemble cast, which fun fact, a lot of them are untitled, but they were part of the Pussycat Dolls, which isn't we'll get to more fun facts at the end of the episode, but is the inspiration of this movie because Sean Astin his brother, like, originated the Pussycat Dolls, the show in Las Vegas. Steve Aston, sorry. All I know is Aston. Aston, because yeah. <laughs> in the articles, it just says Aston, 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 Aston. So, yes, Aston and sis- sister? Sister? Yeah. Jess, people hate this movie. I don't know why. I'm very protective of it. <laughs> People, people hate this movie. They say that it is a, it was a vehicle for Christina Aguilera. It was like she was driving it. It was all about her and her dance numbers and her singing. Okay. She's also the MC. You know, it is what it is. Uh, they compare this movie to Glitter, which is another famous bomb by Mariah Carey. And it had kind of the same impact. Uh, Actually, let me check something real fast. 
So people compare this movie a lot to Glitter, which is really interesting because Christina Aguilera had a hard time, like, kind of bouncing back from this, but in all this, like, criticism, uh, you know, not really great. Glitter had a really famous, terrible thing happen. Uh, obviously, if you were a child in the early 2000s, you might remember Mariah Carey taking over TRL kind of unexpectedly and Carson Daly not really knowing what to do. And she had like a push cart of like ice cream cones and it was like all live on TV and she was like stripping for no reason. It was a huge deal. Right after that live TV appearance that was not scheduled, was not planned, she was immediately, I think, forcibly checked into a hospital for like dehydration and like mental exhaustion. All of this because of the bomb that glitter was. So it had a huge impact on Mariah Carey and her mental health and her public image as well, um, because she put so much of herself into that movie and it was such a bomb. So looking, and that happened in 2001. So now looking back to, you know, like nine years later through a lens of that through burlesque, you're like, wow, because we can see just from watching this movie that Christina Aguilera is like, painfully thin in this movie like so thin i would say comparatively to uh renee zelliger when she was in chicago they look very similar uh when they are on stage uh, very pale very thin and we do know that after this movie christina aguilera struggled a little bit uh, with her weight after this so it is just like the negative what i'm saying the negative impact of these two feature films had a negative impact on their stars, which was, as we are saying, undeserved because this movie fucking slaps. Like there are some problems, obviously, uh, but with some, some of the dialogue, not great, uh, but like it fucking slaps. And it is upsetting that it was such a critical bomb, but that is why uh, we re-watch things and why when things get put on Netflix, sometimes it's a good thing. I, well, we didn't even know it was on Netflix, truthfully. We had planned this episode. Um, I actually just came in from L.A. this morning. So air rights, air rights. We will discuss a huge air rights plot point in this movie. Um, and, you know, when we were discussing it, we're like, oh, it's on Netflix. You know, you're trying to figure out like where you're going to stream and where, where we're going to watch the film. Had no idea that it was a recent ad. And now as of today, when we're recording, it's like number seven. It's in the top 10. We're like, this is so fun. Like we just wanted to watch and discuss it. So, so it was really nice that the universe decided to like make it really easy for us and then kind <laughs> of like put it into the, the like, I don't know, the public awareness a little bit more because uh, actor Jack is out here doing interviews and like talking about it and he's got a new show coming out and all of that stuff. So all of this to say, this movie slaps. We love it. There are problems. We're aware of it. Let's get into it. How do you like this opening, Jess? This this country opening, this old-timey car, these country fields, these Iowas. I mean, it doesn't, one, it doesn't even look like a set. It looks like a green screen. And, you know, they just built the country <laughs> bar. You have... Okay, let's call Better Business Bureau, because how do two employees allow to not get paid for a month, even though that's not even a part of the story? But here we are, Country Bar, there's nobody in sight. Owner leaves, Allie takes the cash out of the, the register because she needs to get paid, because she needs to get out of town. Um, 
go, you know, I mean, quick small town girl heading to LA, um, to which she goes to the bus station. They're like, oh, do you want one way around trip? And she's like, you gotta be kidding me. So like, way to shit on everybody else and where they decided to live. But like, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of bitchy, but okay. She she does her thing. She's like, he can't find me. I'm going to pay everything in cash and can't contract. I mean, she doesn't. I mean, it's the, 2010. The it's would, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? I've, everybody's giving her looks. This girl's running out of town and four, at least four inch heels. Girl practicality let's let's get with it i'm pretty sure they're not your only shoes if you're not if you gotta you know push the pavement a little bit i do like this uh when you bring up shoes shoes off uh bar closed karaoke on christina belting uh that's a great opening too I want to give a standing ovation right now at the beginning of the movie to Christina Aguilera's wig. I love the wig. I know it's a bad wig. I love a good bad wig. It's a great bad wig. I will die on this hill, one of many. I love her wig in this. All the different like little variations of her wig. But it's the <laughs> the long, the long strawberry with the curls and the bangs and the I love it. It's a fantastic wig. Uh God, Christina Aguilera can fucking sing. Oh, she can sing. And I mean, there was a line that, I mean, I'm jumping ahead for a second, but there's a line that is said by Kristen's character, Nikki, about being upstaged by her. And it's not in the closed captions, because I read with captions on, you know this. Um, but she goes, I'm not going to be upstaged by some girl with, it just ends with some girl. But Kristen says, with mutant lungs. And I was like, yeah. I have never picked up on that before. <laughs> But she has a hell of a set. Like, you cannot deny. I mean, despite what many a people have said about working with Christina, nobody can deny the talent that she has when it comes to her vocals. Yeah, they, it's absolutely stunning. All that to say, the acting is, you know, it is what it is. It is enjoyable to an extent. The singing, the dancing, though, obviously. Like, she does so well at what she can do. Like, holy crap. Like, just blows it out of the water. The amount of comparisons I make to this to Coyote Ugly is staggering when I write them down because this toilet money situation hiding in the hotel is very much like Coyote Ugly, like freezer assets, like in the freezer kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, wow, uh, you're going to get robbed, my dear. I feel like that's like so standard that that's the first place so many people look. Nobody's going to look in here. And every time you see, like, I now I would be like, okay, well, that's not, that's where I'm not going to hide something because you just showed for millions of people in the world where's the possibility you could hide something. Like where it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, we're, okay. There are a lot of moments that Allie annoys the shit out of me. And there are a lot of moments where I love Allie so much. One of the moments is when she's writing this postcard in the very beginning and she's like writing it out and she's like, fuck them. Fuck those people. They don't deserve to know me and what I'm doing and like where I am. And she's like, tears it up, throws it out the window. Like my life, new life. Mm. Respect. Yeah. And she only knew the one lady that she worked with. 
She had nobody else. Like, what does it matter? And she's like, I'm here. No. And then you also said you didn't want to be found. Girl, think. And she did. So she shut it up. Yeah. It's like, you know, cool. Uh, the job calls, the paper, the, the montage of like walking the streets and crossing off the paper and going to auditions. Uh, so fun. So classic. Does that still happen? Do you think? Or is it like apps and stuff now? Um, I think it's really with apps. I mean, backstage still exists. So anybody who is looking for entertainment, like that is one of the many, um, industry, um, and, and, and it's not just for dancers. It's for, you know, uh, you know, extras or like early work or even like lead work. So if you backstage has an Instagram account, you'll see some of their stuff advertised there. You'll see it in your sponsored ads and then you can learn to find out what things are in production um so it's still very that specific um outlet is still very relevant um but i don't think you know we're we're in a green world we're going we're trying to be more sustainable and a lot of just like print magazines in general you've seen the shift from you know print covers to no longer having print available but like they have digital covers too so um that's a huge shift from 2010 till now when we're recording in 2023 i would love to walk into this burlesque club. She's walking down the street, right? She's got her paper. She's got her coffee or whatever she's got. Christina walking down the street. LA layout. That's not how you get around LA, but go off. I mean, I guess it was before Ubers and rideshare. Was it? Yeah. 2010? 2010, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I can't understand logistically where the... Cl- like, when she's walking around, you think she's in downtown LA. Then she keeps walking around and she's on... Like Hollywood and Vine, which is in Hollywood, which isn't downtown L.A. The logistics of this movie. I mean, if you're not familiar with L.A., it seems really doable. But we've had this conversation also about like New York and other movies where you're like, I I think it was maybe Cruel Intentions where we were talking about we're like, this doesn't make sense. But if you knew nothing about the film, this absolutely makes sense. So, (laughs) yeah. You, we mentioned the burlesque club and, you know, all of the, the LA, where is this? We, all of that to say that there are luxury condos. We get our first glance of the luxury condos going up behind, or I guess like in front of the entrance of the uh, burlesque club. And it's like the, sh- it's behind Christina as she's like walking into the club. It's like, hmm, that's a plot point. And they focus on it twice. First, it's like on a, a teeny tiny thing on a, awning that's behind her that's kind of like out of focus and then they do the pan up of the whole luxury apartment but she all that to be said you focus on that you know that's going to be a plot point in some capacity and she walks into the club Cher has already done her solo number which she performs on tour at her concert it's beautiful I we love this movie all three of us Laura editor Sam and myself so like saw that live and they immediately got it in Germany when they were living there. Um, But she walks in in awe, which rightfully so. I mean, that moment, you're just like, this is magical. It's everything that she wanted. And she's absolutely encapsulated. Which is really, really great because obviously Cher is a goddess. Obviously, she's amazing. We love her. That that opening number was very much like a, a mix of kind of Moulin Rouge telling us like what is burlesque kind of Moulin Rouge is like what is the Moulin Rouge but it's also very Chicago because I don't know the way that Allie Allie can like see herself in there too right it gets very Chicago a little bit later when they when she really envisions herself on the stage 
But just, it's so fun and it's so great. And uh, fun fact I'll throw in here, uh, Cher eventually was convinced to do this movie because she figured it was her last time to like sing on camera because she was not able to do Mamma Mia. So that's why she did this one. So, you know, very fun, very interesting kind of thing. She fucking kills it. Cher is amazing in this movie. These vocals just lovely. Uh, We are introduced to our shitty boyfriend, Jack. I never liked Jack because of the way that he talks to the waitress in the first like three seconds of knowing him. He's like, hey, hey, sweetheart, sweetheart. You know, you get into work. It's like, I'm sorry. Who are you? Who gave you permission to talk to anybody like that? And honestly, like, I, but but like, as much as there's like girl on girl crime hate in this movie, and there is, and we'll get to it, there is like women supporting women also, and we'll also get to that. But like, even, even, um, Allie's character, she's like, come on, hire me if I'm not better than boobs for brains over there. Like, why are we pitting people against each other so quickly, like 15 minutes into the film? Yes. And yeah, actually, now that you're saying that, because right after, because like right around this time, when Jack sends Allie backstage, right? Which also like, he's like, use my name, Jack. It's like, but the, uh, Tessa, or no, Allie goes backstage and we are introduced to so many characters, like the backstage life in general, but also Tess and Sean Stanley Tucci and also Nikki Kristen Bell, which is what I'm thinking of when you said like that girl on girl, like not good. Why are you treating us like that kind of situation with Nikki where she's like, hey, get me something to drink. And that other girl's like, she doesn't work here. She's like, well, she's not fucking busy. She's like. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, then the problem, like, even in that same scene, you know, Christina Aguilera is, I feel like the line is kind of transphobic and just homophobic in general, which you wouldn't expect because she says to Nikki, you would never know. And Nikki's like, no, what? She goes that you're actually a dude and walks away. And then later Nikki says, you know, she's offended. Like she called me a drag queen, both saying like both with. Like the transphobic and the drag queen remark just feels like problematic to me. Like you saying it in a way that they're just both negative. Like, please, I wish, like, I would honored. I would be honored. But you can tell in the context of this film, both comments were made in a negative connotation. Very negative. And it's also kind of like icky to see Stanley Tucci saying it too, because you're just like, Stanley. Uh, fun fact, Stanley and Cher did not know each other before this movie. I would never know that. I This is something editor Sam looked up when we were watching it. He was like, they must be best friends, right? They must be best friends. They did not know each other before meeting this. And Stanley Tucci actually prayed, he prayed that he would like Cher because always meet your idols, obviously. And right. uh, they, they get along, of course, obviously. It's so clear that they got along, but... 
yeah, they 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 didn't know each other and their chemistry, their friendship is just so perfect. Some of the stuff that they say when they're just like talking to each other, I feel like wasn't in the script. I feel like sometimes when Stanley's just like, God, you're so beautiful. Sometimes I feel he's just like saying that because he's looking at Cher, you know, like. Ugh. I had no idea that makes it so like you could sometimes just both of them in their scenes together. You're just kind of like, I feel like I'm intruding. They have such a beautiful friendship. They really, they really do. They're just, they're just so perfect. One of my favorite scenes. We'll get to it. We have been introduced to Vincent, Sandy Cohen. I might, it's Vincent slash Sandy in my head. So I might refer to them as either. (laughs) He's frazzled. He's frazzled. The club is in danger. You know, Tess's dream will be the death of him. Uh, They're just in what they're, they're in debt. They're in foreclosure. The bank's going to take it. Uh, and then we have McSteamy himself, Marcus. <laughs> My God. <laughs> My God. It's just, it's just quite something. Um, okay. But, but before we actually meet Marcus, we have the, the diamonds, the diamonds number, right? Going on that is like in the background. A criticism that I have personally is that this movie is, and I know other people feel this way as well, um, like dance. And singing sequences that were like shot in a capsule and then like set on a timeline, right? To like mean different things. And then they shot like dialogue to go in between all of those dance sequences, which I looked at the second time that I was watching this today. And a lot of the times when Ali and Marcus and like Vincent and um, like Sean or Tess are on the floor in the burlesque club the shots are tight so that you can't see anything that's going on behind them so that they can just put like dance numbers going on but do you you know what i'm saying it's like one of those kind of situations so they splice it kind of weird Uh, so it just it makes watching it fun but it also makes it easy to like skip through some of the musical numbers if you don't like the songs because some of them are slow and sometimes not that they're not good they're just slow (laughs) and sometimes that is not the kind of burlesque that you want when you're watching this you want the fun upbeat burlesque because there are many different kinds of burlesque okay all of this all of this to say that just made such a good point when you brought up the girl and girl infighting because the diamonds number is where we see it full force between Nikki and Georgia because Nikki's late, Georgia goes on, and then Nikki just says, like, fuck you, I'm going on too. And then they're on stage and they're both like mirroring each other trying to get the spotlight. And like Nikki obviously is like, I guess, a villain in here, or maybe a foil, but like not cool. Um as much as I hate to see like women fighting, and this was fun, and I imagine rehearsing it also was fun, doing like the mirror dancing to each other, um, just technically. Well, I mean, and you see it in her character, Nikki's, you know, Kristen's, Kristen Bell's character, Nikki. You see it throughout the the movie where she goes. It seems like one of us has underestimated the other. You know, she says to Ali at one point, and then later she's at uh, Georgia's wedding, and she's like. Huh. Who knew that Georgia was so smart? I wonder if she knows anybody who has money. Like, 
she's just she's always been about herself. You add her, you know, alcohol dependency to it. So it's not coloring her in the best light. And Cher calls her out on it when she when uh, when Nikki tries to say, like, you're selfish. You don't believe in looking out for other people where Cher is basically like, fuck you. I have been every I have been mother. I have been aunt. I have been sister. I have been supporter. I have we've established this burlesque lounge together. If there's anybody who doesn't know about loyalty, it's you because look how nasty you are. Nasty you are to not only me, but everybody at this club who um, who you haven't respected and who has covered your ass for years. For years. And she does say that. Like, it's been a really long time. So, like, mm, Nikki. It is also during this diamond sequence that Christina Aguilera full, full Chicago's herself, Roxy Hart's herself, into that number. And she's doing the diamonds and she's singing. But every time I see that diamond, like, that long chain of diamonds around, around <laughs> and it, like, whips on her arm, you just know she had, like welts that thing looks so freaking heavy oh my gosh that la- the last snap it would have been like fine 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 plink yeah oh my gosh just every time i watch it i cringe when it hits her because you know it hurt but all very fun ali starts working she picks up she's a waitress okay whatever uh you know we get our introduction to marcus gerber who is trying to buy the club and you know he, he's got a deal he's got a deal okay I also watched this with captions for the first time that I actually really paid attention to the song titles. It was just not something that I was really paying attention to last time. That is Megan Mullaney doing The Dentist. Mullally? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Had oh no my idea. God. Had no, no idea. idea. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Now, however, having... That perspective, I cannot unsee it or unhear it. It is her. Um, amazing. She has a very distinct voice. She, there was a remake of Fame also in the 2000s. I don't remember the exact year. Um, but she has a number at Lucky Chang's where she does like a burlesque number too. It's amazing. It's, oh my gosh. So obviously, uh, we are advocates for captions here, but it, it is just so great. It is so great. Uh, the, the learning montage, I just love, of course, there's movies, like, full of montages, but, like, Christina, like, like, you know, like, learning and, like, cha-cha-cha-cha, like, so fun. So, so fun. So let's go with where we are with the learning montage. She's learning herself. We also know that she's in the hotel there, um, just, like, just quick in between. Um, at some point between her working at the club and her hustling and being at the hotel, her hotel gets broken into. She needs a place to stay. She goes to crappy guy Jack's place, stays the night, and um, she's, like, essentially roommates with him. He's like, yeah, you could crash, blah, 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 whatever. Then we have the audition. The auditions are happening because Georgia finds out she's pregnant. So she needs a replacement. She's still part of the club. She's still considered family. They still embrace her, but she needs a replacement. So auditions are held and Allie wasn't. Nope. She felt like nobody told her. So she sees everybody leave. And so she just starts auditioning out of the blue. And Cher's like, what it's the so fuck? awkward. It's, it's so, so awkward. awkward. And you can tell how forced it is. I was like, girl, you are trying the first the first part of the audition. You yes. could tell, like, you are trying too 
hard. And she is just like fighting for her chance. Please test. Please. Test. I, I know everything. And Cheryl's like, bullshit. You know every single number. And then it's the meme of memes with this movie. Play Wagon Wheel Watusi. And everybody is like, like that is, <laughs> you get so excited. It's so good. <laughs> and she does. And she does it. It's so good. She's so good. She's like the legs and the this with the hair. Everything's going. It's it's so fun. They're like, why are you clapping? That's your replacement. It's like, "Mm, okay. Which again, with the girl, I think that's just a perfect. Another perfect example is Georgia is truly a girl's girl. She's supporting. She she's happy for others when others have good things going on. She she knows she has an, a replacement. She's pregnant. She can't be up there. She's happy for Allie. You could tell at some point there must have been some like friendly camaraderie behind the scenes if she was so thrilled that Allie got it compared to the other girls. Yeah, and Allie, you know. I, I, I've said that Allie kind of annoys the shit out of me sometimes. Her The way that she, like, keeps talking, right? Like, one time Tess has to, like, put her hands over her mouth and be like, Allie, stop. Like, stop talking. Like, no. But here, here, though, I really like it because she's like, come on, Tess. Like, didn't anybody ever give you a shot? Like, come on. I want this so bad. Like, come on. I can do this. I know I can do this. That I really like because that morning she had been talking with Jack um, what she was like, you're straight and fiance, that whole thing, uh, about like in, in, he was like, why did you leave Iowa? And she's like, because I looked around and there was no one's life that I wanted. And Jack's like, yeah, me too. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that just kind of is, is like compacted here where she's like, come on, like, this is what I want. I want this. I know I can do this, but no one's giving me a chance. And I feel that obviously, like everybody needs their shot. And I think that like, it's like it's not said at all in this film, but you can tell the way the characters are written and the way that Stanley Tucci and Cher's characters interact that they that the gumption that Ali has is something so similar to what Ke- to what Cher saw in her like and Tess saw in her younger self of I can do this, we can make it happen. Somebody needs to give me a chance, and I'm going to prove all those fuckers wrong while I, I'm at it. Yeah, because um, Sean Stanley Tucci uh, repeatedly is like, "Come on, Tess, you like her. You know you don't want to, but you like her. Yeah, you know this girl doesn't. She doesn't stand out. You know she she pulls the eye. Who does that sound like? Like, come on." And that that is kind of nice. He's like, "I couldn't look away," and she's like, "Try mm-hmm. harder. Try harder." <laughs> like, <"Shut laughs> right? It's like, "Oh, come on!" But. It is after this that we have the, the the montage that we mentioned at the top of the episode with Stanley Tucci when he talks to um, to Allie and he takes her backstage with the Welcome to Wonderland line, so perfect. Um, but I, but the the and she's like learning more of the shows and everything that's going on here. But I cannot stand the line where he's like, "How you doing?" and she's like, "My my ears are here, my thong is here, my eyelashes are so stiff, they're blowing in the wind." The accent is real thick right there. And every time I'm just like, oh, God. Well, she never had an accent up until that right? point. So where did it come from all of a sudden? It's like, okay. All right. And also, like, you wanted this. So it's one of those things where you're like, you were complaining. You wanted this so bad. You knew what it took because you have to assume that there were costume fittings. You knew what happened in rehearsals. That just sounded. Please give me eyelashes up. Give me rhinestones. Give me my boobs pushed up. I don't need gravity doing their thing. Like, 
the things that she were, were she was complaining about felt so obso- like obsolete because look what you signed up to do for real right it's like these are parks these are parks these are parks another park and i would think would be getting unsolicited advice from Cher and then maybe an unasked for makeup tutorial from Cher. Uh, I know that this is a point of contention for a lot of people that Cher can use like an old dirty makeup brush and and do like a perfect cat eye with like an like a matte eye and like uh, a red lip. I say it's Cher. She can do anything. If she wanted the brush to do that, she just thought it and the brush did what she commanded it to. So um, the logis- the the problems here are easily brushed off with magic. So <laughs> I, again, I, the scene, I love that she gets that one, you know, I love a one-on-one with your boss, you know, mentor situation. I think it's great. Um, but I, that, that you feel that scene where you have all these other people like, Hey, let's go get pizza. And you think you're part of that. And then, to not be included when you assumed you were a part. Uh, I feel like you feel you, you get you still feel like that as an adult. It doesn't you don't grow past it as much as we're like, fuck this. I'd be I'm beyond that. Like healing your inner child takes some work. <laughs> it does. It does. And like nobody wants to be like upset and, and that like feeling. But Cher would soothe that for me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, this is so much better. <laughs> Like yeah, that was the case. For real, for real. My note here says, don't yell at me like that, Sandy. So Sandy, Sandy's upset. Uh, of course, uh, Sandy's talking about the mortgages and he's saying that your dream is killing me. Sandy's stressed, poor man. Sandy's stressed. You know, he's, <laughs> he's taking his glasses off aggressively and rubbing his hands through his eyebrows. I mean, his hair. Uh, so <laughs> I love, as I'm sure you do, Jess, the relationship between Tess and Sean. Um, it's just money. It's just money. It's just numbers. It's fine. Um, tell me a lie. I need your stitching. Tell me a new lie. I don't love you. (sighs) Teary eyed every time. That's a good fake lie, but just to even hear it, I'd be like, wait, do you mean that? Wait. Uh, right? It's it's just too good. And that's such a it's such a really beautiful moment too, because Tess is really upset. And it's like really kind of the first time that we see Tess start a start to break a little bit and say like this isn't it, it's getting bad re- right like it, reality is setting in for her yeah 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 uh reality setting in there is i don't think anything more beautiful in this movie to me than christina aguilera singing tough love she looks perfect it's the eyes, it's the lips, it's the leather, it's the hair and the hat. Like, she kills it. The The repetition about Etta James is kind of weird. I didn't read anything about that. But this is an Etta James song. And then you have her, like, recording person or something who's in the seats at some point. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody bring up like why they went with Etta James specifically, but you know, whatever. Um, but this tough love moment, uh, Nikki is drunk. She tries to go on. Cher says, no, I don't like how Cher manages this situation. I don't like it. Oh, I, 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 when she tries to go, okay. I was like, I was trying to pinpoint the exact where Nikki's so drunk. She's goes on and she goes, absolutely not. Then she looks at Allie and she goes, you said, you know, every number get out there. And Allie straight up. I 
am I am just here to replace Georgia. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to step on any toes. Exactly. Like, and Shara's like, you do that. Like, it does pit them against each other more than they already were. So, like, not so great. But then, you know, Nikki tries to sabotage the whole thing, goes to the DJ booth. Hey, Tess wants to see you. He's like, but I, me, I need to be, which haven't we all felt that? Like, you're the only person that everybody's like, fuck, I should be running this whole place. So he goes to see Tess and Tess is like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's at that moment. He's like, Nikki said you needed me. And that was her moment to be like, fucking Nikki. So they're pulling down, you know, because now at this point, music is out. They've rehearsed a specific number, the tough love number with, um, with Christina and two of the dancers. And then she has her jingle bell rock moment. Christina starts singing lips, not even lip syncing, like acapella. The band gets into it, saves the day. Everybody loves her and she earns her spot, re earns her spot where Tess is like, I didn't know you could sing like that to which Allie shoots back. I tried. You constantly are shutting down, which you later find out, like not find out, but later Allie calls her out on it saying, you only want to hear your own fucking voice. Listen to somebody else for a second. And she's like, yeah, she does because she knows she's right. And she's like, she really is just like, I see so much of myself in her. Um, so they rebuild the show around not lip syncing, but actually performing. Um, to which Nikki gets like butthurt about it because in real life, and I mean, Nikki's character can sing, but in real life, Kristen Bell can sing too. That's Princess Anna. Respect yeah. on her name. She is like, she knows her shit. She can sing. And so you have the line like, oh, Cher, like Cher's even saying, or I'm sorry, uh, Nikki's saying to Tess, oh, I thought they weren't going to come to hear us sing. And Cher says, well, come to hear your, you, her sing. So you already have like this mismanaged situation that you had called out, Laura, and you're just like adding to, to this like person who is already, you know, we, we've mentioned she's alcohol dependent. She's already very hurt and upset and lashing out and nasty towards other people. And that just keeps getting compounded against this person who essentially what who Nikki was kind of like the headliner of this club getting pushed back more and more. So there's going to be a lot of resentment that continues to happen. And she's losing. And Nikki is also like losing her boyfriend because Marcus is starting to go after Allie. As soon as this number is over, Marcus immediately starts like, I'm going to say like targeting Allie and like, like going after her. He was leaving the club until she sang and he turned right back around. Um, but this mm-hmm. also goes to, to, to add to the Allie of like, yes, you're pitting girls against each other. Allie's performance, they rehearsed one thing and here she is having her solo moment and she's encouraging the girls to like, no, come up, come be a part of this with me. So I feel like that's another thing of like, Allie's trying. She is trying, you know? So it's like, that's where we have the conversations of like, we're going back and forth because you have like the nasty, bitter, mean girls of it all, but then you do have people trying to support each other. So the musical numbers from here on out kind of reflect the mental state that Ali is going through because uh, we have, you know, Stanley Tucci giving relationship advice, you know, you know, good things, Jack, you know, da, 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 all, all of this stuff. Because um, during all of this time, Jack and Ali have solidified their living arrangement. They are living together um, separately. And Ali is, you know, she's going to get the bedroom. It's this whole situation. Well, let's talk about that. That's another reason why he's a fucking shitty person. Because here he was like... 
so pissed because he like had a oh my god I'm living with a girl moment she has bra and razors and she has shit in her bathroom we're sharing a bathroom and he's like you when are you leaving you need to get out of here here's the paper don't let the door hit you on the way out then he gets a call from his girlfriend and 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 Allie's straight up like okay I didn't you know pour on me I didn't realize that I was intruding that much i will start looking looks at places she's like you're familiar with the area like what about these places um and just the fact that rent alone for a studio she was like 1k bless one thousand dollars i was like there are girls i know who are looking for room roommates where starting is 16 so 16 18 so like 1k studio it really was 2010 um it's a nice time capsule right so then so she's like my bad i will i will get out of your hair jack's girl i'm sorry jack's fiance is a performer we assume she's in broadway or you know in theater out in new york she goes look they extended my my residency or whatever i'm gonna be out here for another three months so at this point after he just like snapped on Allie. He goes, hey, so like, we're such good friends. Do you like, why don't we help each other out? And she's like, what was that phone call? Tell me right now. And he told her the situation. She's like, you need me more than I need you then. Is that what you're telling me? Knowing that like, if we like look at the numbers, if rent by what for herself is 1000 for a studio, let's assume you half that with his studio. Now you're already saving money and everybody's saving. And so I like that she was like, now balls in her. She holds all the cards. She said, okay, this is what I get. A, B, C, and D. Yeah. I love it. Use that to her advantage. The way he treated her and spoke to her and then wants to go ahead and like use her being, no, sorry. And creeped on her. In this moment, there is a scene where Jack walks in on her and she is changing and he's like looking at her through the window and like knocks over candles and like goes back to close the door to make a big like, ooh, I was here the whole time. It was like, fuck you, my guy. Fuck you. Yeah, that was my note. Jack creeping, peeping, creepy peeping Tom is what I put. Yeah, it, it is, it is very uncool. Uh, during all of this though, they have like a little like kind of getting to know you montage. And while she's doing that, she is singing the uh, number where she's in pearls. I am a good girl. No, sorry. No, ap- the, the one, one after, after that. After. Um, the yeah. one with the fans and all the yeah. provocative places. So she is, uh, so she and Jack are like slowly getting to know each other, right? So, her layers are starting to come off. Her walls are starting to come down. And in the show, her clothes are starting to come off. You know, it's all mirrored. That's, I didn't pick up. That's such a good, that's amazing. I didn't pick up on that. That's wonderful. And then the number where she's like, and I am a good girl. She's like still not doing anything with Jack. Still very much boundaries. Like I didn't know, you know, that kind of thing. So as, as the, you know, it, yeah, all of the numbers from now on reflect her mental status. And I thought that was just like a very interesting little detail just like the air rights jess because we're up to that now tell me about the air rights we're up to the air rights i already hate this part too because leading up to the air rights i have a lot of issues with the men in this uh, there are two men i don't have a problem in this in this movie stanley tucci and peter gallagher so we come up to the part where the performance is over um and Allie's getting home going home and she's like hey jack like you ready to go because obviously she doesn't have a car she's in la but jack has a motorcycle and he's like i totally forgot 
God, I have inventory tonight. And she's like, that's cool. I'll get a ride home with one of the girls. And Marcus is being creepy. He's like, oh, the girls just went home. Like, I just saw them walk out the door. I have part of me feels like they, he didn't. He just wanted her to go home with him. Um, but then he takes her purse and says, if you want this back, you're going to get in the car. Like that alone, predator status. Wow. Yes. Take your purse. It's so mm-hmm. gross. Then they get in the car and he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I have to stop by this party first. She's like, what if I don't want to go? to? I just want to go home. He's like, he goes and he's like, what if I don't want to go with you? And he's like, well, then you can say I'm kidnapping you. There's nothing. I would feel so uncomfortable. Like now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. <sighs> so you go up to his, you know. He goes to his party. All of it. All of it. He's just, all of them are all... men, right? Men be men in. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> it, it, it is not great. Um, but the, the air rights specifically, um, and, and the line, right? Is the first best view. It's best view. It's the second best <laughs> the line. View. They go to his house. Oh, God. She calls him out on it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, how many, how many girls that worked on? He's like, well, none of us called me out on it. Damn. <laughs> but, mm, mm, it, how would you describe air rights? It's realist air, air rights with a straight face, with a straight, with face. a straight face. Let's see. Um, air rights is the real estate of space above an already established commercial or residential area i guess is the best way so instead of physical property on the ground that you're buying oh i was gonna give you your your oscar i was gonna give it to you so close Instead of the physical property on the ground, you're buying the real estate above the physical property. Yes. Is is my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, that is also my takeaway. The description that he kind of gives Allie is that like, oh, you see that you see that strip mall down there? Like he couldn't pay his rent, so I bought the space above it. So now no one can ever block the view of my house. And now he can pay his rent. And I'm mm, business. Business. Okay. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> important for the plot, but okay. It's just, it's okay. It, it is, you know, it is, it is what it is. It is, it is what it is. Um, she sees some really fabulous shoes here kind of is the, the big takeaway. We love a sponsorship. Yes. My God. Those shoes are amazing. Uh, I hate Jack starting to judge the absolute shit out of her starting now. From 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 now to the rest of the movie, he starts acting like a complete asshole. Yeah, but I have all the notes. I have all the notes. Jack is jealous. Allie's getting ready because she is like, I don't want to say like actively dating, but she is going out. She's creating, she's created a life outside of Jack and her friendship. She's seeing Marcus. She's going out with the girls and... He's like, oh, you're acting different because you're getting you're getting male attention. And she's saying not from anyone who matters, knowing it was direct. He knows it was direct. She knows it was directed to him. He knows it was directed to her uh, towards him. And he's just like he did that dead like that, you know, break not break the fourth wall. But like when you look up and be like, wait, what? Like he knew it was about him. And he tried to like pivot like you're no, 
No, he's just trying to dictate everything. And she ca- she continues to call him out on it. You want to tell a girl you want to tell a girl what to do? Call your fiance. I, I love that she keeps calling him out on it and that she's not trying to even though she they're clearly attracted to sh- to each other. She's not trying to engage with it. She knows where he's at. And she he'll, she'll even say, I'm your roommate, not your uh, like you're my roommate, not my mother. And and she looks fucking stunning walking around in those shoes and she's in that red dress and she's in like the the my favorite how about the red dress the gold dress the jeans yeah oh the, yes like amazing 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 and and the comebacks of course and later when she's like you're being a huge asshole right now it's just it's just so good that that whole little segment is great well, and Sean keeps calling him out on it, too. Do something about it. She's a catch. And you know she's a catch because they don't make them like her here in L.A. Because you are not only were you dating somebody, you're engaged to somebody who only talks about themselves. I know the type of person and I've per, like I know the type of person that Allie is. I've gotten to know her. And some if you don't like act, whether it's break up with the girlfriend or do something She's not going to wait around from you, sir. And Sean, and it's not like Sean says this in passing once. It is time and time and time again. Yeah, but men don't listen. We know this. Oh. We we absolutely know this. Um, we have a nice shot of the paper where Allie is in. That's very coyote ugly. Love that. The the little like shot of her is so good. And then we have another shot of. Allie having a lot of makeup brushes now. This is just kind of showing that she's like a star and she's really come um, a long way. But it's actually not a lot of time because we do have an established timeline. You know, like Tess has like, what, like 30 days? She has like a month days, and then she yeah. has like, yeah, and then she has like a couple weeks and then she has like two days, 48 hours. So we have a timeline here. So Allie got these brushes and, you know, she's 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 doing her thing. We have more unsolicited advice from Cher uh, warning her off. Marcus, love that. I do like what Allie says here, though. She's like, is warning me off Marcus like the best thing for me or is it like the best thing for you? Like what is what is going on here? And Cher's like, like where is it coming from? Yeah. And she's like, mm, touche. I think and hope it's the best thing for both of us. And that is not really something that you see a lot in movies where someone calls someone on it and they're like, he, mm, yeah, well, you know, I hope it works out both of us because this guy sucks. Yeah, because usually it's like one or the other. There's never like this middle ground yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. and But now, though, we have Cher's uh, fantastic solo last of me. Very amazing. Very amazing. Just chills, right? The talent, the awe, the majesty of Cher in those lights. Just phenomenal. Uh, we We also... Right after this, get Cher beating Nikki's car <laughs> window in with a tire iron. Get you a woman that can do both. Uh, I love that. And it's it's really good. Really good. I will say, I'm curious. <laughs> this is just me, like, I'm trying to understand the salary and the income. Because at one point, Cher has, like, I think Cher has a Jaguar. She has a luxury car. And Nikki has... A BMW. So I want to know how much that club is pulling in at some point before it started losing money, because those aren't Honda Civics. No, they are definitely not Honda Civics. And that we have in this conversation, though, a conversation that we said earlier 
about the mutant lungs. I want to lose my spot to some slut with mutant lungs. Very, very, mutant lungs is very funny. I laugh every time. But uh, they they talk about loyalty and, like, paying dues. And Cher's like, how do you know what she hasn't, hasn't, like, lived through? You don't sing like that if you haven't gone through some shit. And what about your loyalty to me? I've picked you off the pavement and you're doing all of this bullshit. And then Nikki lies. It's revealed as a lie later. But she's like, I slept with Vince after your honeymoon. And that was just, like, a low blow, which gets the car tire iron situation. But that girl fight there, uh, is, you know, they make up later. But I, I don't know. I I don't know. I hate. I have such a frustration with Nikki acted out, said all the things she did. Cher, final straw, tire ironed her window. Nikki stops and has the audacity to, to say, audacity to say, you crazy bitch. Please. Do, we're not we're not putting it back on Cher. After all that, you want to put that back on Cher? Please. Just like Jack is now finally putting all of his bullshit onto Allie because Allie comes home late. She goes into her bedroom that she has negotiated with him and he is sleeping in it. And he wakes her up at 6 a.m. with a coffee grinder, all pissy. And they finally have their fight. I've been waiting for this fucking fight. And and I love how um, Allie is just like she she like for a while. It's just like, you, you know, you know what? What the fuck is your problem, my guy? Like, you're acting like such an asshole right now. Like, speak. Speak. Here's your moment. I love that. Uh, everything about that. And I know I said the line earlier, but she goes, I, this is where she goes, you know what? I am, you, you're my roommate, not my mother. I come home every night just because it, you don't approve of what time I'm coming out in and out of the house. Does not negate the fact that I come home every night. I should, I, I would be, I would have woken him up. I was so pissed for her. Would she, she never once not came home. And he was like, oh, well, you, you're, you're, you know, you're having a social life while I'm sleeping here and doing my own thing. So like, I want my room back. That wasn't part of the deal, sir. You're just butthurt and you're projecting and you're pissed. And he's also like, people at the club are worried about you. I'm sorry. Get completely fucked with that gaslighting bullshit. Like, I don't need that. Mm -mm. Nobody's work at the club. We're like a family and we're all just like, no, because the actual people who cared about her, they did come to her. Cher did say something. Tess did say something to her. Hey, look, the only person who has a problem, what Nikki has a problem. Nikki doesn't like her, so that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And then she says the great line, like, you're a bartender who writes songs that are never ready. Like, sit the fuck down. Like, who do you think you are talking to me like this? Like, I can do whatever I want. At this point, I'm confident she could probably, like, pay his rent, his part of the rent, if she wanted to. Yes, if she wanted to. Uh, I have such problems with the wedding scene. And, like, the drunk sex hookup, I don't like no. this. I, I don't like this. I don't like that his reaction is to get completely shit-faced and then to, like, go home with her and, like, get slowly naked with, like, boxes and the, all of that. I don't like that. I don't – whatever. But they do finally fuck. <laughs> They do, but like leading up until I don't like him at the wedding. He's like, oh, you're still mad at me. You never apologize. Yes, I'm mad at you. 
Yeah, we don't know how long it's been. It's like, no, you never apologize. No, you're being a dick. You're only doing this because she didn't show up. If she'd showed up, this never would have happened. Like, you're, uh, it's, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't like him. And, and also, also, after they fuck, he, he goes, Natalie, who? Your, Your fiance, fiance, sir. Not some girl. The one you put a ring on it, like I'm sorry, it's it's just it's 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 upsetting. She, and you know, there is nothing that says like she cheated on him. There is nothing about like Natalie wasn't, you know, faithful. He was just like, oh, you are, all you ever talk about is yourself. And in one of their phone calls, I mean, obviously it's only one sided that we hear, but he goes, she, I guess they have a conversation of it's assumed because he goes, yes, we do need to talk about our future, but maybe my future is right in front of me. Ugh, gag. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. I have such issues with him. I know. He's just so gross. He's so gross. In between all of this, we have the beautiful green dress song. And that song is about being scared to fall in love as they have this beautiful love montage, risque photos, you know, all of this stuff. All of this for Diana Agron, I believe how you say, Diana herself to walk in, Miss Natalie, to walk in and say, you think you break up with me, a girl like me over the phone? Which respect by the way she's like i live here right? who the fuck are you like she like and then she starts saying like all the shit that you know jack said about ali when they when she first moved in like she's not even that pretty i don't like all. oh yeah she's just a she's not even that oh a hundred percent which i i hate again i hate the girl on girl fighting here that diana has with christina's character because she's like i'm I'm the fiance. Who are you? All your shit is here. But I feel like it doesn't harp into it so much when she starts hearing Allie say, you said it was over. I like, I do not need to be a part of this. And I do appreciate that. Like Diana back, like Natalie backtracked a little bit and started redirecting all the on blame the him. on they both, him. They both, as did. it should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as as it should be, as it absolutely should be. Uh, I don't know necessarily if I were Allie that I would go and show up unto Sean's like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. You know, we. I don't know if you know Sean like that, but you know, yeah, I don't know the relationship that I had to assume that there was. I mean, but she also keeps just showing up on random people's steps all the time. So like. It is what, what it is. is. Yeah, what does she know? You know, she's just a farm girl from Iowa doing the best that she can. With no cell phone, by the way. You notice the lack of cell phones in this. No cell phone in 2010. Yep, absolutely not. But she can afford all her new makeup brushes, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, you know, she hit that Sephora sale. Uh, we have we have our final <laughs> timeline here. We have our final timeline. Like, uh, Tess is like, you know, bank a bank is going to come. But, you know, we have the, air, you know, bank is taking everything. Two days. We have two days before the bank is taking everything. And then we have Sean being like, well, you know, it's time to throw in the towel, getting her all riled up. And then Tess is like, I will not, I will never give up this club. And Sean's like, there it is. There's my girl. Oh my God. I love her so much. Okay. Okay. We are up to almost the end of the movie, but Allie, Allie leaves Sean's and she ends up at Marcus's and she sees the model for the condos and stuff. And I like, I like Allie's thinking face. Allie's thinking face is like, huh, 
I love her little probing through it too. She's like, so, so explain this to me. It's like the running joke where if you try to like go up to a guy and be like, so how do you do stocks and exchange? Can you explain to me more about NFTs? Ooh, like the mansplaining of it, but like luring him into it. Like she's just smart. She's a smart cookie. She's a smart cookie. And I like when he says like, um, this is Marcus. He's like, what? What? I'm going to like, you know, tear down her club and build like a 20 story high rise. Like, whatever. Does that make me a bad guy? And she's like, no, it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not make you a bad guy. It makes you the wrong guy. I was like, okay, fine. I mean, it's a good line. <laughs> it's not like Jack's the right guy either. So yeah, calm down. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But, you know, fine, 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 fine. But after Allie learns, like, what Marcus is going to do and, like, she's putting it together about air rights, all of this stuff, she sprints to Tess. And this is what you said, Jess, earlier about, like, stop talking, Tess, and just let someone help you. Like, shut the fuck up. I know you like hearing your own voice. Uh, and that's what she's saying here. Um, But also, this slut shaming from Tess. I don't like it. Oh, sucks. So glad that you brought that up. Like, she's drunk. I understand. Like, she's drunk. But, like, the direct slut-shaming of, like, aren't you spreading yourself a little thin with Marcus, Jack, whoever? I'm sorry. Fuck you. I don't, I don't care. Like, fuck you. You cannot speak to me that way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And nor did she let her because, like, because Sean is like, she doesn't mean it. Like, she's just in a mood. Like, let her go do her own thing. Now is not the time to talk to her. She's not going to listen to you. And uh, and Allie is like, I think the fuck not. She's going to listen to me. And this is like, and she's, go- she's, there's no question. You have to listen to me because there is a way that we can fix it. If you just, like you said, accept help from somebody with an idea that is not yours. What an idea, Air Rights. So, so, <laughs> Air Rights, we're back. Full circle. All of this to say that Tess and Allie go to the original condo people that were, that were introduced to us in the beginning of the movie, um, that were like, Hey, you're building these condos. You're going to like sell them and everything. There's this guy that's going to like tear down my club and build up all these office buildings. So like your view that you're advertising is going to be blocked by this guy. So you should really buy the air rights above my building so that nobody can build there. So your condos can always have a clear view and do just like bet. And then that's how they save the club by the women working together. And you know, they negotiated that deal because they were like, I got this other guy. He, this is what he's offering. Look at this deal. Look at this deal. He'll, he'll level it completely. He has his own agenda. Not only, and it was more along the lines of, well, now, you know, they didn't, he didn't match it. You know, he like multiplied it. Yeah, because it saved his ass. It saved his ass, his company's ass. Like, everybody, it saved his whole business. Ugh, okay. Yeah, and they were just like, they weren't about the money. They really, well, they were to an extent because they really just, like, wanted to play catch-up and all and all the stuff with the banks. But the other part was like, we just want to be happy with our little club downtown that's, like, one floor and, like, about about the arts. Very bohemian, very rent, all that stuff. Very, very. But we're at the end of the movie, so wrapping up... Tess buys out Vince and he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Allie's like, you know, it'd be nice if you said thank you to me, which um, Tess doesn't say till Allie like walks away. Allie and Nikki have a moment in the mirror where they're like nodding and they're like, cool, 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 cool. But then Jack shows up 
very Moulin Rouge-esque when he shows up backstage right before she's about to go fucking perform. But I just, he's like, forgive me. I'm sorry. I've been looking for you. Like, um, he's like, I never. You know where I was, sir. You know where I work. You know where I work. This was not a surprise. I don't have a car. Where did you think I would (laughs) be, you stupid man? Uh, But he, he apologizes and like, and they they say like full circle like I it's, help people that's just who I am it's very rom com full circle stuff fuck him it's such a shitty apology too it is it's like the worst apologies like I'm sorry I lied to you and I'm sorry that I kicked you out of my apartment I never should have let you walk out that door it's like <sighs> I'm sorry I took so long to say something I'm so uh what yeah. I'm just one of these days, and I know we've said it in a previous episode. It might have been the Kingdom of Ash episode. I will tell me a story where the guy comes groveling back and the female MC says, you're right. You did fuck up. I'm not coming back. Like her happy ending, not a happily ever after for the both of them. Just her. (laughs) I just give me that because he doesn't fucking deserve her. He gives sorry, very anti Jack in this episode, but very pro Tess and Allie. He well, what <laughs> does he Gucci. give her? He gives her his music. A finished song. Ah. <sighs> I didn't realize till this watch. I never picked up on it that he had quote unquote written "Show Me How You Burlesque." Yeah, which I, I don't up. love. You know, I, the song is great. I don't like that he's like you know whatever, 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 oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love the performance. The performance oh, is a great final number. Amazing oh, final number. It's an excellent final number. And it has all of the things and it's all very like, uh, uh, uh. And you have like fun shots of like Cher and Sean. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody's real happy. It, it's a great closing number. Um, But like Jack didn't need to have that, you know, because he's watching all stressed, right? Because there's shots of him being like, oh, <gasps> when all the girls are like coming up like in the theater and stuff it's just like okay whatever jack but that's the end of the movie that is the happily ever after is 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 music by your boy is your boyfriend finally finishing his hobby and presenting you with something (laughs) that you can passively do something with at work my takeaway will be the happily ever after is the club was saved they can, you know, Tess and, and Allie and female camaraderie and nobody's going to be catty anymore. And Stanley Tucci's up there shaking his little bum, happy. Like, I don't even want to focus on the Jack of it all. No, no. Jack shit. Yeah, he is. He's Jack shit. Ugh, fun facts. Fun facts before we wrap. Um, 20 days of filming for Cher ended up being four months. The ending was... The original ending was based kind of off Pretty Woman with a uh, taxi and a fire escape, and test audiences hated it. Uh, Queen Latifah was in consideration for Tess. Uh, Cher is in black because that's the vibe that like Tess had. Uh, Cher took ownership of her costuming a lot of the times herself. The most flamboyant costumes worn by Cher were her own clothes, some of which were designed by her longtime friend, Bob Mackie. Rumors of fighting on set between directors, choreographers, scriptwriters, all that stuff. There's a joke that there were like 900 writers on this movie. Uh, that photo that Allie shows of her and her mom is a real photo of Christina and her mom. Uh, what's his name? <clears throat> that plays Jack. 
uh, learned piano for this role. Very fun. Um, Christina Ooh. wanted Emma Stone for Nikki. Cher hates this movie and took a steaming shit on the director when with her words. <laughs> uh, she hates it. Did you know that Beyonce was considered for Allie oh when she God. was just Beyonce Knowles? Oh, my God. No, I did. I did not. Uh, a very nice fun fact for editor Sam. There's a Wilhelm scream as the screen fades to black at the very end of the movie. That is uh, a very something that Sam just absolutely loves. And the movie has a line that is uh, influenced by Emma when Christina Aguilera comes over in the satin corset and asks Jack how she looks. And as we said uh, earlier, Jess is like, you know, you're not my brother. That is based off of Emma. Those are all my fun facts. Do you have any fun facts? Oh, I didn't know that. Because he goes, no, I'm cer- I certainly am not. I didn't know that's where it came from. Um, well, I know the... the the film won the Golden Globe for Best Original Song for a Motion Picture. Um, it was also nominated for a Grammy and an Oscar for this for the specific song "You Haven't Seen the Last of Me" by Diane Warren. If you don't know her, um, she's like songwriting music legend. Look her up. You'd be really surprised how many songs she works on. She works on a lot of songs with Lady Gaga specifically, um, just at the forefront of my mind with a lot of like the movie projects that she's done. They've done together. Um, Cher was nominated for a Razzie for this role, which I hate because we love this movie so much it. and I love this role for Cher. Um, I think it's perfect. I almost don't feel like she's acting i feel like this is like Cher is very if you follow her on her different socials like she's very direct person and she's also like at an age where she truly does not give a fuck and she's fucking share so like i love it i also really love that um and even with all her performances i mean she's been around for decades and to add to what laura had said earlier where share was like oh i don't know if this is gonna be like a Um, the next time I'm going to sing in film. This was her first musical film, specifically. Um, And then there was a $55 million budget for this film, which is like the second highest for the studio. I think the one that was first for this specific studio was like Resident Evil or something, one of those series. Um, And it grossed $91 worldwide. Interesting. And people don't like it, obviously. And now, though, there is a resurgence because it's back on Netflix. Christina herself has tweeted about it. Stanley Tucci, when asked about Verlesque, is always surprised because he says that it just didn't work. And, you know, there were some really great things in there, but it just the timing wasn't right and they just didn't hit in the right moment. I love this movie. We'll always watch it. And this movie also came out in November 2010. And earlier that summer, you know, Laura had mentioned like there was four months of production um, earlier that summer in June 2010. Um, Christina had released her album Bionic, so that only had like a hit and a half to the general public. The people who follow her love, you know, really do enjoy the album, appreciate the album. Granted, there's a lot of opinions, but like the general public doesn't really have a lot of knowledge of that album. So because of that, and like what Laura had said beginning of the episode uh just where christina's frame of mind might have been during the promotion of this film that came out later that year it's just, and then to have the feedback and the reviews from this film that we 
love. Like we, every time we're together, we probably always have it on, if not fully watching, at least in the background at some point. Um, so that's, we, we love and appreciate this film and we hope that, you know, now that it's streaming again on Netflix, maybe there is that resurgence and everybody is watching it again. Not to say that it doesn't have problems, but I think we've done a really good job of pointing out those problems and kind of addressing them because they are kind of jarring. But as gross as those one-liners are and as gross as kind of some of the subplots are, the, the movie is very enjoyable. And it is a shame that more people haven't seen it. But all that being said, thanks for joining us this episode. Feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Feel free to review five stars for us if you feel so kind um, on whatever social listening platner, platforms you follow us with. Um, talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye.